is the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? Your host is Gina Glenn, who welcomes you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and our special guests and friends from around the world to join in live. Put on a comfortable pair of jammies, pull up a chair, settle in with your favorite refreshment, and prepare to be blessed as Gina welcomes tonight's guest. And now, here's Gina Glenn. Hello, and welcome to Mommy Jammies Night. My name's Gina Glenn, and I'm the host here of Mommy Jammies on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, where we broadcast live every month, the second Tuesday of every month at 9 p.m. You can find the replay of tonight's show along with all past Mommy Jammies Night shows at mommyjammiesnight.com and also on Google Play and iTunes where we love your five-star reviews and feedback there. So thank you. want to give a special thank you to our Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network sponsor this month, Radish, which is a cooking club and curriculum specifically designed for kids by chefs and educators. Radish is perfect for homeschooling families. You can teach thematic cooking lessons that incorporate math, science, nutrition, geography, and culture. With Radish, the kitchen is the tastiest place to learn. There's a coupon code I'll give out at the end of the podcast um, for for $15 off a 6- or 12-month membership that you can find at radishkids.com forward slash homeschool, where you can also download a free lesson. You can find that coupon code at Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network or Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network um, page for Mommy Jammies Night as well. Okay, well tonight we have a special guest. Her name is Jen Grice, and Jen is going to be talking to us about faithfulness and endurance during life's biggest hurts. So, a little bit about Jen. Um, and this is from her about page. Is that all right with you, Jen, if I go that way? Sure. Go okay. ahead. All right. So in 2013, Jen was served with divorce papers. She says, at the time, she saw that as an ending because she says, you see, I had lost myself in the process of trying to save an abusive marriage. She felt like her life, she felt like she had wasted her whole life trying to defend and worship someone else, a husband and even family members. But after a Christian mentor explained to me this was not the end, but the beginning, a new chapter to learn to walk with a father out of oppression and into a better place with hope and a future. And I, I love it. So she talks about stop, stopping people pleasing. And um, I think a lot of women can relate to people pleasing, but it can be a real life changer um, when you leave that behind. And so I'm excited tonight, Jen, just to hear what you have to say with, to us about enduring that big hurt and how God showed himself to you during that time. So welcome to Mommy Jamie's Night. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want me to just go ahead and get started then? Whenever you're ready. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. All right. Hello, everybody, right. and welcome to um, – today is National Encouragement Day which is funny because I'm here encouraging and we're having our mommy jammies. I hope you're in your comfy jammies. I know I am. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share, like Gina said, about faithful and endurance um, and a little bit about my story. A lot of my story is on my blog at jengrice.com, and you can read it there. 
Um, but I want to talk about what God had taught me through my biggest hurt. And um, so I'm just going to get started. So um, George Mueller is known for saying, to learn strong faith is, in, is to endure great trials. I have learned my faith by standing firm amid severe teachings. Just like George Mueller and some of the other people I'll be talking about, I too have learned my faith and learned to endure through my life's biggest hurt. If you're a homeschooling mom like myself, I'm on year seven, I think, or something like that, lost count, um, you read the stories of George Mueller and how his faith helped him to feed and house thousands of orphans. I just love hearing stories about how other people have used faith to survive. We actually read through, we actually read through the Christian Heroes Then and Now book about George Mueller while I was going through my divorce trial. And it opened up my eyes to the fact that God uses life's hardest times to bring his sons and daughters to a place where their only hope is found in their faith in him. I was one of those people who said, it won't happen to me. Nope, it won't happen to us. We're stronger than that. We'll never divorce. I'm married for life. But we can't control the actions and the choices of other people, our husbands, our family, our friends. So sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes we have to deal with suffering. I've never been sold into slavery, but I was told to get out of my mother's home at the young age of 16 with nowhere to go. I've never been to jail, but I've been confined to a hospital bed, pregnant, struggling to survive, while people I considered family pretended I didn't exist. Betrayal, treachery, pain, humiliation, falsely accused, unjust punishment and suffering, feeling alone and forgotten. Anyone else have these hurts before? I think we all can agree that these are the biggest. They can prove to be the biggest threat to our faith as well. It's even more painful when we experience these things from family or from someone who vowed to love, honor, and cherish us for life. These are the feelings that Joseph, Genesis Joseph felt as he faced trials that were inflicted on him because of the choices of others. Sin causes problems. And usually innocent victims feel the brunt of the pain of somebody else's sinful heart. And we don't always get what we expect out of life. Those biggest hurts tend to disrupt our life's focus. My focus before I was divorced, I was a homeschooling mom and was a blogger. And I thought that's what I was going to do for life. I expected to get married and then stay that way until I died. I expected my husband to stay faithful only to me. After that, I expected him to repent of his behaviors and get help, you know, spiritual guidance, and then stop. But that's not what happened. I was betrayed and then served divorce papers and told I was the only one for faking. Someone walked out, and then God walked in. He said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, Hebrews 13.5. Joseph learned to depend on God for everything. So have I. Our father took very good care of us discarded people. Providence was there the whole time. I had no idea how I was going to get through this. But I knew where to look for guidance. 
I spent a lot of time reading God's word. I felt so much like Joseph. I felt betrayed. I was being blamed and feeling humiliated. Even in my pain and anger at God because of my situation, I knew there was more to the situation. I knew my faith was being tested. I remembered verses about growing my faith, and my eyes were, but my eyes would look to my circumstances, and I was afraid and felt alone. When the promises were easy to forget, I would write them on my bathroom mirror and on my forearm just to keep my faith. And I'm here to share that I've made it through and encourage you with my story. Through my life's biggest trials, struggles, and pain, I've learned these three three things about faithfulness and endurance. Number one, God is always with us, guiding, comforting, and protecting us. Uh, Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the assurance of assurance or confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, or the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be expressed by the physical senses. We cannot see God or his promises, so we can trust he's always there and he keeps his promise. That's faith and faithfulness, believing what God says he'll do, and the proof of that is what he's done on the cross. I can only assume that Joseph trusted his dreams as the divine promise, and he held tightly to that during the really hard time, because according to the Bible, his dreams never included the hardships or the suffering he'd have to endure before he'd get to that place. And he didn't have a readable Bible like we do to remind us of God's promises. In the Old Testament, God tells us through Moses, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither neither fail you nor abandon you, Deuteronomy 38. Remember, this this was said and written after Joseph. David and other psalmists gave us an emotional journal of their biggest hurts they faced, a lot of times at the hands of family and friends. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Psalm 23:4. God, ha- excuse me. God promises to heal us, protect us, guide our path, and redeem our hurts. God is a provider. He's aware of our needs, most times more than we are. And his desire is always to bring us closer to him. He is the light that guides our path. He's the comforter and the healer. God doesn't take his eyes off of us, and we shouldn't take our eyes off of him either. Keep your eyes on the one who's the answer to every problem, the cure for every illness, the justice for every wrong done to you, and the healer of your pain and hurt. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Don't let the enemy convince you that no one cares and that you're alone or no one is experiencing what you're experiencing. It may take time and prayer to find just the right person or people who know your pain, but they're out there. Those who've gone before you can be the best Christian mentors as you walk with God and grow in your faith. Which leads me to number two, 
We grow in faith as we as we endure. Romans 5, 3 through 4 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence confident hope in salvation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sinful jealousy of Joseph's brothers forced him into slavery. Sinful lust of a wealthy seductress sent him to prison. Selfish ambition meant he was forgotten by the cupbearer that he helped. Joseph's story really stood out to me, and I wanted to know how he was able to get through all that he had faced. What I really like about Joseph is that we never hear him say, or at least it doesn't show that he said this as his story unfolds in Genesis 37 through 50. He never said, okay, I've had enough. I'm done. I quit. I can't take any more of this. I know I've said that. I don't know about you. Joseph had an ability to hold on to his faith in, in God's promise to him and endure, to not give up when things got really tough and he faced many trials. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Then Pharaoh sent him and sent for him and set him free. The ruler of the nation opened his prison door. Joseph was put in charge of all the king's household. He became ruler over all the king's possessions. Psalm 105, 17 through 21. These verses show Joseph's biggest struggle. 13 years of his life. So how long? How long should we have to suffer? We often believe we only have favor when God is answering our prayers. But sometimes waiting suffering and learning to endure are the answer to our prayers in james 1 2 through 4 it says consider it nothing but joy my brothers and sisters whenever you fall into various trials be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. That's the amplified version. I had no idea what producing endurance meant. I've never been a runner. I have never been in a marathon. Um, if you see me running, there's something wrong. <laughs> but I had heard the last verse of Hebrew 2 about running the race, which I talked about earlier many times before. I knew I needed to endure if I wanted to get to the finish line. Miriam Webster says that endurance means the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity, all those definitions, like a marathon, a long-lasting or difficult task, which is basically an endurance contest. So who signs up for that? Remember, I'm not a, a runner. I prefer to just walk. I would seriously want to give up. But maybe that's what God was trying to show me 
that although I had endured so much before marriage and divorce, I still didn't have a strong faith and truly know what it was like to endure. So some deal with their pain by lying down, beaten, bitter, and broken. The kind of broken that's not fixable, but replaced. I hear runners call this hitting the wall. When they experience sudden fatigue and loss of energy to continue, often their body just gives up and they cannot complete the race. They essentially give up at their task or their comp- their endurance. Oh, yeah, that's what I was experiencing in my biggest hurt. I didn't know how I could go on. I was tired. I was even physically sick. I had just found out I had lupus. And I seriously thought my life was over. I felt alone and all those other feelings that come with life's biggest hurts. But then I learned, what if God wants to bandage our wounds, to turn our bitter into sweet? I know he's still working on that with me. And take all our tattered pieces to make a beautiful patchwork quilt to bring warmth to someone else who's suffering just like we did. What do we call that? Purpose. Which leads me into number three. God has a purpose for pain, a divine destiny. Romans 8:28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's the NLT. Why was I enduring all this pain, hurt, and suffering? Slowly as I worked through my healing, I started to hear that God had a purpose for my pain. Just like Joseph, his suffering and all that he went through prepared him for his next role. Everything experienced was just another step towards his divine destiny. Nothing happened in faith. I kept reading and studying. The more I read, the more I realized that Joseph was the perfect model for the life of a sufferer. He could teach us faithfulness and endurance no matter what big hurts we face. And his faithfulness and endurance led to his divine destiny. But first, God had to test his character to make it stronger. As he grew in endurance, he became more spiritually mature. We see many men and women from Bible times God had to work in their hearts and teach them before they could start their divine destiny or their ministry. Even Jesus had 30 years before he went into ministry. Personally, I would not know what other women feel like if I had not been through everything that I've been through. I would not have the compassion I have for hurting women if I didn't know that pain firsthand myself. What other What others planned for evil in Joseph's life, God used to save others. Genesis 50-20 sums up Joseph's life and has become my life's first because of the pain and suffering I've experienced at the hands of others. We all know trials test our faith, but they can teach us how to endure, which grows our spiritual maturity and our faith in God. Our response to life's biggest hurts faithfulness, and endurance. To recap, we can do this by remembering that God is always with us, growing in our faith as we endure, and looking out looking out for the purpose of our pain and suffering. 
If that's you right now, I want to encourage you. You can and will get through this too. God is with you. Slow and steady wins the race. You just have to keep moving forward. Joseph as a teen was an egotistical dreamer, and God turned him into a humble man and a vizier, if I'm saying that right, in Egypt. As a teen, I was a sinful, rebellious, and was told, I was sinful and rebellious, and I, and told I needed to shut up. Can God turn me into a woman with godly standards, with a ministry that I love? And he keeps propelling me towards a speaking career, telling me this is my divine destiny. I would not be where I am today if I had not endured divorce. I know that for a fact. I want to thank you for listening as I practice walking in my divine destiny. And um, if you'd like, I can share a little bit of my story on how God has used me um, and my story to, um, you know, encourage others. I would, yes. I'm, I'm looking at your blog in front of me, so I, I've made some uh, notes here to ask some questions. But please go ahead and start sharing your story. Okay. Well, I shared a video on the um, page. It's on my YouTube channel um, where I talk about how I was a homeschool blogger and – which I didn't even start to be a homeschool blogger. It kind of happened by accident. Um, I had started a Facebook page for family and friends to share what we were, you know, we just started homeschooling and that kind of thing. I was married, and um, then I started sharing. And um, then I, I found some of the, if, if you're a homeschooler or a homeschool blogger, you understand the linky parties were like, I'm going to link up, you know, your curriculum and what you're using. And I, I thought, oh, okay, I'll, you know, get a blog just for that, just to put my curriculum in. And it kind of happened overnight. I started growing. People started following me on Facebook and my blog. And it really wasn't my plan, obviously. Uh, it's funny mm-hmm. how God works like that. And then it started growing really big. And then, you know, it started to put our family things we were doing and that kind of thing. Um and then, obviously, nobody knew what was going on behind the scenes. I mean, and, and this is what we probably need to remember about bloggers is that a lot of times there's a lot of stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, we we often just share the best, you know, the highlight reel of, of our lives. And mm-hmm. I think we all do that on Facebook and that kind of thing. But anyway, um, then I was faced with divorce. And I went through divorce and I thought, God, I can't keep doing this homeschool blog. Everything looks so perfect. And here the whole time I'm, you know, I'm going through divorce and suffering. And it took me a whole year after my divorce was final to finally tell my um, homeschool blogger readers, by then I had quite a few, that I was going through a divorce or had gone through a divorce and been through a divorce. And, um, you know, it, it was kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And... The, a funny thing happened is several of my readers said, oh, I had no idea, but I also went through a divorce a year ago or two years ago or I'm going through a divorce or whatever. And I was like, wow, so there's homeschool bloggers that go through a divorce. I thought I was the only one, and that's why I said in my you know, talk that 
you're not alone. There's probably somebody mm-hmm. else who's experiencing exactly what you're experiencing right now. And I, um, it took God another year to kind of convince me because I was really ready to just give up. And, you know, because um, I, I knew I couldn't go on as a homeschool blogger. I just didn't feel like I had a right or, uh, you know, I just so many feelings and emotions. I didn't know what to do. And in 2015, a good two years after I my divorce, um, God said, you need to start this ministry for women going through divorce. And I, and people that know me know me well. I'm an introverted person, and that's why it's even, you know, hard for me to talk. And uh, I just recently started a YouTube channel, and that's all new to me because, you know, I feel like Moses. I say to God, you know, hey, I'm the stutterer. I, I can't do this, you know. Um, but God keeps saying, yes, you can. And does it really provide me an out or other options in my life? And so mm-hmm. I've just recently started embracing that this is this is my divine destiny, just like Joseph. You know, I, I don't know how he, the Bible doesn't tell us how he felt when God, you know, put him as uh, the second in charge in Egypt. But, you know, Moses, like I said, talks about how he struggled with, you know, wanting that position. And that's why I felt like, I don't know if I, I want this position. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can handle this. I don't know what to do. But each day, God reminds me that, you know, he's with me. And he's walking with me. He's guiding with me, guiding me. And that this is my divine purpose. And um, I can just keep enduring one day. You know, one day at a time, one step at a time, one thing at a time. And um, that's the same for anybody, no matter what your hurt is or or what you're dealing with or what you feel ill-equipped to do. Um, God will give you what you need right when you need it. It's beautiful the way he was giving you these skills back when you had no idea that you were going to be relying on them. You know, the blocking yeah. and learning to um, get your voice ready to share, mm-hmm. you know, starting just, I'm sure, you know, how would you ever know that? And yet he was preparing you and in his providence taking care of you the way he has. And um, you have a beautiful blog. I encourage everyone to go to Jen Grice, J-E-N-G-R-I-C-E dot com. She has um, some goodies there for you. And also um some articles that are helpful if you are if you find yourself facing divorce um some to do with the phases of divorce recovery and what to do if you find yourself um facing an unwanted divorce so she has some things there um i have a couple of questions if if sure. i can pick your brain here one thing that I see a lot is in one of these articles, the one on surviving an unwanted divorce, you mentioned shame. And I see a lot of women who have gone through divorce or are going through a divorce or separation deal with shame. And, you know, how do you minister to to that woman who maybe she's lost her faith and she's not in the word because she she's feeling that um sense of overwhelm or maybe she feels like God has left her. How how do you begin to minister to someone that's feeling like that? Well, I think it really depends on their, her her circumstances. 
you know, mm-hmm. it depends on if sometimes the shame comes from, you know, her family. Um, sometimes it's from friends, sometimes even her church. Um, so it really depends on that kind of situation, what, how, you know, what I say exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But I would, I just encourage her that to get in the word because that shame does not come from God. That, you know, I think a lot of times people pull out one one or two Bible verses and say, well, you know, God hates divorce. And I'll, I'll be honest, that verse alone kept me many years in a marriage that I could have and should have gotten out years before. Mm-hmm. Um, but when somebody would tell me God hates divorce, I just assumed, you know, okay, well, God hates divorce. I have to stay married. I just have to do everything I can to just keep this and stay here. Um, but, it, you know, sometimes that's not what God wants. And I think, you know, some pastors and bloggers and and leaders are helping us to really learn that that's not, that God hates divorce verse is not the whole truth. That's just mm-hmm. partial truth. Yes, God hates divorce, but God hates divorce because he hates what it does to women. God didn't say he hated divorce to keep women trapped in abusive marriages or to shame them if they were, you know, divorced, uh, facing an unwanted divorce. You have to understand the context and the time of that verse. That verse was written in a time where the um, the Jews and um, the I lost my train of thought there. The um, the priests, there you go. The priests of the time were telling people they could divorce their wives and just go be with un- other women of other faiths. And God said, you know, no, I hate divorce. And he meant that he hate what, hated what they were doing in that time when they were divorcing their wives and leaving women destitute because they didn't, you know, times were different, obviously. So I think a lot of times that's where it comes to just getting in the word. If you mm-hmm. feel somebody, you know, don't even take my word for what I just said. Go and read it for yourself. Study what the word says. Cross-reference to other verses and look up the context and the time. And God will show you what he wants you to hear and from his word, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. just judging it, taking uh, we're all human, fallible. We all make mistakes, myself included. And so you have to really look in the Word and study it for yourself and find out what God is really saying before you just listen to somebody, you know, friends, family, or whoever. Okay, okay. If that helps. If that answers your question. It does, it does. And I think for someone listening, uh, Jen has an article that are, is called 10 Scripture Promises for the Divorced Woman. That might be a good um, reference in trying to get someone back into the Word that's been hurt by divorce or separation um, to let her know that God is working um, on her behalf. And I'm just quoting Jen there in a paraphrase. Yeah, so, yeah. Think, uh, thinking, too, another question I had was, when you're going through that and you need so much comforting, you have people, little people often, that also need to be comforted. And you 
are their comfort. How do you, or how did you handle that? I mean, I'm just wondering, you know, you have little ones that are looking to you, they're hurt, and, you know, they see mom hurting, um, or I guess even conversely, it could be a dad hurting, you know, just, but, you know, we're women's mommy jammies night, so we're going to look at it that way. But um, it's, it's, you know, your little one sees mom hurting, and little, I mean, any child under the age of 18 at home, but really any child that can, that sees mom hurting, and, but yet they need comforting. How do, is there anything you suggest, like getting them, I don't know, how do you handle that balance? Or how are you handling um, well, that? I def- one of the things I tell people is one of the first things I did when I knew, uh, you know, remember there had been a long history um, in my marriage. And so when I saw the signs of infidelity yet again, one of the first things I did was get my son into the son that I still had at home and the daughter I still had at home at the time into counseling. I thought, you know, if anything, it can't hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. and have somebody else. You know, I think children, what we need to understand about children is they, they love both their parents. They want their parents to stay together, but they understand if they've seen, you know, the things that have gone on, because they they live it. They live in the same house. They don't miss it. They know the truth. Um, You know, they have their own feelings about things, but they still want to love both of their parents. And so getting them into counseling gives them somebody neutral that they can Mm -hmm. talk to, you know, where they can feel like, um, I can say this or that, and mom or dad's not going to react to that. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's a really good idea to get them into counseling, if anything, just to have a neutral party to talk to. And mm-hmm. if there's more problems down the road, they've already established that relationship with that therapist or counselor um, who can guide them and guide you as the parent on what, what you should do for them. Mm-hmm. That would probably be my best advice. If you have little, little kids, like babies and two and three, um, definitely get some books and start talking to them about it then. There's a lot mm-hmm. of great books on Amazon um, about divorce for little kids, you know, picture books and such. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely just always being available um, and trying to be you know, understanding to their feelings. Because think about it, if you're feeling all these feelings, like we talked about the betrayal and the pain and the hurt, they're feeling some of those feelings too. And then they're seeing mom or dad struggling as well, and they might not feel comfortable coming and talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then always trying to to put your feelings aside while you're healing so it's it's kind of a balance, like you said, it is. It's kind of a balance. So it's you just one day at a time, like anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking about how even you know if you know as a mom, any mom doesn't divorce not required. If you are having a bad day, or you've gotten some news that is unsettling, how your kids pick that up and how they try to pretend like everything is going okay in their life. They want to be okay for you. And I guess I'm hearing you say, yes, they don't need to be, they can, but they do need a a neutral place maybe to come to 
where they can have a chance to express what they're feeling. And so that would yeah, be the role of, definitely. okay. All right. And then definitely also just, um, you know, not bringing them into the adult stuff, really mm. keeping as best you can. It's very hard with the divorce. I know this is probably the biggest thing I hear from people going through divorce is how to um, navigate that, you know, the all the upset they're feeling and then the kids are drug in the middle sometimes. But mm-hmm. to really, this is, and this is what I say, I, I don't know if we mentioned, I also wrote a book called You Can Survive Divorce. It's available on Amazon and um, Kindle, shameless plugs. <laughs> uh, anyway, I say in my book is that um, that you have to be the best example for your child. You can't control mm-hmm. anybody else. In, in the situation. I mean, I think this goes for any parent, any situation you're in. You can't control other people and how they're going to behave and act. And so you as their parent need to work on being the healthiest person you can be, not only because they're watching you and how you're behaving, but also because you're teaching them for the future. You teach them how to get through life's biggest hurt. Teaching them, you know, who who to turn to, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of the things mm-hmm. I know I heard somebody say to me is that don't be afraid to allow your children to watch you praying or, mm-hmm. you know, involve them in praying for this situation, you know? Pray, mm-hmm. have them pray for your, you know, husband, soon-to-be ex-husband, ex-husband, or any situation that you're going through. Involve them in that so that they know what's going on. But then also keep the adult stuff out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. use them yeah. as a go be- go between. You know, tell your other parent this. Tell your. I think we all know that, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, and, and trying to um, not participate in that, <laughs> it's gets mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, but just do yeah. the best you can. I I, um, I say to some parents, men and women, is that. Act how you would want your children to act if they were in your shoes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so your your book it is available on Amazon. Uh, just you can click through right through it on Jen's site, jengrice.com, and the book is called "You Can Survive Divorce: Hope, Healing, and Encouragement for Your Journey." So you can get that paperback or Kindle over there on Amazon. It's a very and, very Christian book. Lots of Bible verses and and that kind of yeah. thing. I love it. it says that. Do you, do you feel like an emotion, you're emotionally bleeding, but no hospital can make it stop? You'll never, you, like you'll never be able to climb your way out of a heavy, suffocating place. Just know this: with Jesus, you'll make it out, and you'll be okay. That's very encouraging and true. So, and your yes. testimony to that. And um, I had your. There's so much on your blog on your website. I'm sorry, there is a blog on your website, but there's so much on the website. So I really encourage everyone to take a visit. And now one last thing here. Do you offer coaching services? Is that something that I saw or did I get that wrong? Yes. Yeah. I I call myself a – there's actually such thing in the legal um, realm in some states and maybe countries called the divorce court, and they hire them to do different things. Um, And so I call myself a Christian divorce mentor, because we all know, you know, mentors are people that come alongside you and walk with you. And I do mm-hmm. offer 
um, you know, that kind of coaching where I walk with you through your divorce, whether, you know, it's just to listen to you complain about all that you're going through or I help women get organized and ready, prepared for divorce, court or whatever. Um, so whatever needs you have, because we all know that, you know, sometimes it's really hard to find people like I, you know, in my talk, like I talked about who are, who have been through what you've been through and mm-hmm. are willing to share their experience. And divorce is just one of those experiences where it's so hard and tough that some people just, once they've kind of gotten over with it, they're like, I don't want to talk about it again. Um, and that's why I really mm-hmm. encourage other divorced women to really, if you hear somebody in your church or your family that's going through divorce, be a mentor to them. Um, because it's it's a lonely I, one of the ways I put it, it's, you know, it's like going through the desert, um, mm-hmm. the desert wilderness, you know, after after the Israelites left um, Egypt. But they had Moses so mm-hmm. and each other. So I try to be that person if, if there's nobody else in somebody's life that can be that for them, you know, or, or therapy is just not enough or they mm-hmm. can't, can't afford or do therapy, then I, I offer my services, yes. Well, your services are very affordable. You can see those on JenGrice.com. And I think it's a um, wise thing to seek out a mentor um, that is going to be pointing you back to Christ. Because if you are feeling lonely and abandoned during your divorce um, or separation and you have – you know, you haven't been in the Word. You've been kind of walking – that independent, lonely kind of walk, making, you know, um, just in the overwhelm, it it would be wise to, to start there. You know, she has like a client, con- uh, Jen, you have a client consult on here. That would be maybe a good starting place for someone, you think? Just yeah, to see if it's going to work. Think, okay. Yeah, because not every coaching relationship, you know, it's like a friendship. You don't know who you're going to be close to and feel like you can trust. And, I'm not the perfect match for every person. And so having that consult and talking with me one-on-one, you can decide if if I would be a good fit for you. Um, I suggest, and I think a lot of good coaches do suggest that as well, that you have some kind of first, you know, consult with somebody, just like you would if you're going to hire a doctor or or a lawyer for your divorce. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that they're the right fit. So that's where I'd start, yes. All right. Well, it has been a pleasure and a joy to have you, and I'm going to just continue Thank to you. look on your blog site and um, your website and share some information on the Mommy Jammies Night Facebook page and around. Um, and I just want to encourage everyone to, again, visit jengrice.com, and um, you can also look up Jen's book, You Can Survive Divorce, Hope, Healing, and Encouragement for Your Journey. That's available paperback and Kindle on Amazon.com. And thank you, Jen, and I hope you have a good evening. Thank you. You too. All right. I also want to thank tonight's sponsor one more time. That was uh, Radish, a cooking club and curriculum, and you can go to radishkids.com forward slash homeschool to learn more, download a free lesson, and you can use the coupon code podcast at checkout for $15 off a 6- or 12-month membership. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next month where we will have – a new guest. It's Carla Vanderber from Living the Life Fantastic, Helping Children Make Peace with Anxiety. Thanks again, Jen.
so happy you joined our session of Mommy Jammies Night. Please drop our guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with Gina Glenn on Mommy Jammies Night Facebook page and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page. Or via email at gina at mediaangels.com. God's blessing upon you and your family. 